Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Romans chapter 8, new series, all things working together for good. All things working together for good. Now this statement has been misquoted, misused, misdeclared and taught on for many, many, many years. A lot of people say, well, God takes all things that are bad and makes good out of them. The verse didn't say that, first of all. Second of all, he can take all things, which would include maybe things that obviously weren't real good and somehow make good out of it. But here's the thing that most people think about when they think about that verse. They think God just does it. They just think they go through life, do whatever, doesn't matter what comes down the pike, doesn't matter what happens to me. I can look at every scenario in my life and just say, God's going to make good out of it. That's not what the verse said either. So what I want to help you understand about this series is, God has the ability today, say today. God has the ability today, if you'll work with him, to set you up for everything that's good in your tomorrows. If you want to see his goodness come to pass in your tomorrows, you need to start focusing on what he told you to do today. If you'll do what he said today, now you have stuff to do. You're going to see this, it's not automatic. He doesn't just take whatever happens in your life and somehow, poof, make good out of it. But if you do what he says in your life, then he is setting you up not for bad. He's setting you up for everything that's good in your days ahead. Amen? So you can literally set yourself up for everything that's good in relationship to God if you just simply do what the Bible says. Anybody want to do that? How many would like to walk in some more of God's goodness in the future? Romans chapter 8, verse 26. 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses. Underline that. Weaknesses means our lack of ability. In context to you as an individual, as a human, lack of ability, lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, lack of strength, lack of ability. Okay? He helps in our weaknesses. For, in this case, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, the word ought is interesting here. I'm going to define it for you ahead of time. It means the determined will and counsel of God. When you look up that word ought in the Greek language, original writing of the New Testament, that word is actually defined as, this is powerful, the determined will and counsel of God. The determined will and counsel of God. God has determined his will for you. If he's determined his will for me, I can't walk in his will if I'm walking in mine. You listening? If he, if he has a determined will for me and a, and, and a determined uh, quote-unquote uh, aspect of counsel to guide me in, I can't go by my counsel or my will, or I'm not going to walk in what is his determined will. And it says right in this verse, you and I do not know what we should pray for as it relates to the determined will... 
and counsel of God. You don't know everything how to pray that out. You need God's help. I said you need God's help. If you're relying on you alone to know how to pray out God's will for your life, you're falling far short of the goodness God has for your future. You're falling far short of the counsel of God, God's counsel, His will for your life, of what He has for your future. If you're relying just on what you know. So clearly we don't know everything we should that relates to God's determined will and purpose for our life. But guess what? The Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit, He makes intercession. Now why would He immediately talk about we don't know everything as it relates to God's determined will and purpose for our life. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession. Why would he say the Holy Spirit makes intercession? What is it that's going to bridge the gap between you and me and God's will and determined purpose for our life? The Holy Spirit. Intercession means to bridge the gap. What's going to get me from where I am into the determined will and purpose of God? The Holy Spirit's a part of this. He's a part of what helps that happen. So the Holy Spirit makes this intercession bridging of this gap for us. And he does it with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, for some of you, if you're new to this or if you obviously aren't, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you're new to this, this is talking about praying in a heavenly language. It's crazy to think that Christians who still think that praying in tongues is of the devil would think somehow God is limited to your English language. Or Greek, or Hebrew, or Italian, you know, Italian, name it, you know. Like he would be limited to man's languages. How many understand God has his own language? And you and I can pray in that language. So you got to understand just like praying, or just like speaking in another language, if you were able to not really preparing it in your mind, you may not know what it means. Just like speaking God's language, you don't know what it means. But I'll tell you what, you can know what it relates to. It relates to everything that's good. And I'm going to show you that. So he says, clearly, how is it the Holy Spirit helps to bridge this gap between us and the determined purpose of will of God? He does so through this heavenly language, through these groanings, which cannot be uttered. In other words, you don't have natural understanding of those words. So they can't come from your head. Can't come from your mind. Because if they did, they're not from the Holy Spirit, because obviously you could utter them on your own. You wouldn't need the Holy Spirit's help, in other words. Verse 27, now he, God, who searches the hearts, us, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. The Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, again, is making intercession, bridging the gap for us. According to what? Underline it. According to the will of God. I want you to never forget that phrase this morning. According to the will of God. So when we are praying in the Spirit, speaking in the Spirit, we are actually doing what? We're speaking in line or praying in line with the perfect will of God for our life. His determined will and counsel, purpose. So how does He help bridge this gap? By us allowing Him to speak through us, as you're going to see. 28, and we know. So the word and ties back to everything we just read. So we can't just take verse 28, pull it out of its setting, and think the Holy Spirit doesn't have a part in this, because He does. Because obviously, and ties back to what we just said. The Holy Spirit's the one that's going to bridge this gap. He's the one that's going to help prepare us for what's good that God has for our future, as I'm going to show you how practical this is in a spiritual law in a minute. And He does that by speaking through us. So if He is speaking through us, verse 28, we know. What do we know? That all things work together for good. 
Notice this. He adds a couple things. To those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. I want you to uh, listen to this verse 28. This is from the uh, voice translation. And if you actually go to the, uh, again, the original Greek rendering of this, this is pretty accurate. Listen to this. Verse 28. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to orchestrate, you know, like a leader of an orchestra. God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful. Listen, when we love him and we accept his invitation to live according to his plan. What if you don't love him? Won't work. What if you don't accept his invitation to live according to his plan? Won't work. So see, it's not automatic. It's not everything works together for good just because God, quote unquote, said it in his word. That's not what he said. He said everything works together for good with the help of the Holy Spirit for those who love God and for those who are living according to his plan. If I live according to my plan, how could God get me into his? Couldn't do it. And you're going to find out I also must what? I must love God. We'll get into those more next week. But I'm going to show you, key, I'm going to give you key things here of how you, can, you and I, how many want to set up your tomorrows with more of God's goodness? Yes. So I'm going to give you key things here how you do that. Number one, you got to pray in the Spirit. Got to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit. We're going to focus on that one today and I'm going to show you why. So first of all, he starts off by saying again, verse 26, the key to us dealing with our weaknesses, inability to fully know how to do what? How to pray. How to speak out. How many of you know prayer, as we're going to see in a minute, based on the will of God, comes to pass? Yes, yes. But we have a weakness when it comes to praying out everything that we should pray about as it relates to God's will for our life. Because we don't know it all. That's right. tell, tell your neighbor, you're pretty smart, but you're not a know-it-all. <laughs> Guess who does know it all? God, God does. And, and the Holy Spirit's God, and He knows. Yes. And so the Holy Spirit has the ability to help us to set ourselves up for good for our future. He already knows what is the will of God. He already knows what God wants to see come to pass in your life. But you need His help to see that come to pass. If you're going to rely on your own understanding of what you speak alone to see God's will done, you're going to miss out on a lot of what God has for you. Now, your own understanding is involved. We'll talk about that in the weeks ahead. But you got to understand this. you got to know that clearly the Holy Spirit is a part of helping me see good come to pass. Otherwise, why would I be told that he helps in these areas of weakness, lack of knowing, lack of understanding, and he does so with groanings which cannot be uttered. So they're words that I don't understand in my mind. Therefore, clearly as I'm praying in the Spirit, I am allowing God to work through me to begin to prepare good to come to pass in my life. I'd like a better amen than that. So you need to see this, though. Again, verse 27, clearly as he is speaking through us, what is the Holy Spirit doing? He's interceding, bridging the gap for us according to what? According to God's will. One translation says in harmony with God's will. Think about when two people sing in harmony. You, you can't hardly distinguish the two separate apart because when they come together in harmony, you know, they could be, de- I mean, Matt could tell you more about this than me, but, you know, when they're uh, different, obviously, levels of, of, you know, singing capability, but when they're singing in harmony, it sounds like one voice, right? When, when you're in harmony with God, guess what? It's like one person. Right. That's good. 
God. Amen. You're in harmony with God. Guess who's actually getting to fulfill his will in your life? God is. So you and I can allow the Holy Spirit to help us get in this harmony with God. How many would like to do that? So I want to remind you two things today before we leave these verses. Verse 26, you've got to have the Holy Spirit's help. You've got to pray in the Holy Spirit if you want to see all of what God has. Now, if you don't want to see all of what God has for you that's good, that He has determined for your life to come to pass, just forget about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in a minute. Just forget about praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're not doing this continually, you're missing out. You're missing out. So realize you're missing out on a lot of what God wants to have come to pass in your life because you're not using the help of the Holy Spirit to see that that would happen. Now I'm going to show you how this works. Whether it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, whether it's you speaking, I'm going to show you why it works. I'm going to show you why it works. Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I've been referring to this on and off in different services for quite some time as this is what we're going to deal with knowing about this spiritual law as to why this works. You're getting today, because because of a spiritual law, you're walking in today what you've been saying in your yesterdays. Like it or not. Where your life is today, it's because of what you've been saying in your yesterdays. If you're frustrated today, it's because of what you've been saying. If you're fearful today, it's because of what you've been saying. Amen? If you're defeated today, it's because of what you've been saying. Right? When David faced Goliath, was he defeated yet? No. See, defeated doesn't mean you don't face a giant. Defeated means the giant beats you. We're not talking about when you go through life, you never face giants. You're going to go through this world. You're going to face tribulation, Jesus said. But he said to be of good cheer. Why? He overcame it. So if you want to overcome it, you got to learn how to set yourself up for these victories and for God's goodness in your future, what he wants to bring to pass. I'm going to tell you right now, there are things in your life God wants to have happen that you don't yet even know about. And they're good. If you knew about them, you wouldn't need to know the Holy Spirit and you wouldn't need to know how to pray in this heavenly language. Why is praying in a heavenly language so important? Because I'm going to tell you right now that everything we're going to talk about in this series about all things working together for good comes about off of one key thing. You ready? Words. It's all tied to words. What comes about in your future, actually good or bad, if we want the goodness of God to come to pass, we got to start dealing with some words. Because what's coming to pass in your life today is based on what you've been saying in your yesterdays. If you've not been speaking in line with God's word, you're not walking in what God has for you that's good. You're most likely walking in what Satan had set up for you. Satan knows this more than Christians do. Why do you have fiery darts to deal with? He knows this. He knows the power of words to affect your future. He knows the power of words to dictate where your life goes. James 3. Mark chapter 11. I know a lot of people know about this as a, you know, one of the key sets of scriptures on faith. But I want to focus on one verse. Verse 23. And we're going to focus on the latter part of this verse. But I want you to see this. Jesus said, for assuredly. Now, I want to clarify that statement again. So that statement means it's this way and no other. Say it. It's this way and no other. Now, if you don't believe that, then you don't believe God's word. You might as well get out of church. You might as well let the devil take advantage of your life because you don't believe what God said. But when God said something, you believe it. Well, let me back up. It don't matter if you believe it. It's this way and no other. 
period. When he said most assuredly, he's saying it's this way and no other. There are no alternatives. There's nothing that trumps this. This is it. He said, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says. He immediately starts talking about a person and what they're saying. Whoever says. Who could this work for? Whoever. Whoever says, in this case, to this mountain, referring to an obstacle in your life. Be removed, be cast into the sea. He does not, underline it, doubt in his heart. Does not what? Doubt in his heart. Because a lot of people say, well, you, you people who claim that you can have what you say, that's just a blab it and grab it group. They don't even know what they're talking about. No, we do. But it doesn't mean just anything I say comes to pass. But if I believe it in my heart, and here's the problem. If you say something long enough, how many ever heard this phrase? If you tell somebody a lie long enough, they'll begin to believe it. The devil knows this. If you keep hearing something that you say over and over again long enough, your heart begins to believe it because your heart was set up that way. Your heart was set up to believe what it hears over and over and over and over and over, good or bad. Not just what God says. You listening? So he said, if you don't doubt in your heart, listen, but believe that those things that you say, if he believes those things he says will be done. So you're believing in your heart. What you're saying is absolute. Underline this. He will have whatever he says. Not just what God said. Not just what God promised. See, this isn't just a verse now talking about just what God promised will come to pass. No. He said that you will have whatever you say Amen. that you believe in your heart. Amen. So, as an example, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I said, as an example, your body gets attacked with something. The doctors know it's there. We're not saying that it's not there because obviously, yeah, your body's in a natural world. It can be affected by things of this natural world. God said Jesus already did something to keep that body healthy and well and deal with attacks when they come. But if you as a person on this planet believe in your heart what the doctor said, don't go to a doctor, have him tell you what you went to get examined for and say, well, I don't have that. You don't need to tell him that. You thank him for what he did to help you find out what you're dealing with. And then you leave his office and then you change your focus to what God said. But if that doctor tells you this is what you have and you walk out of that door and that from that day forward you say, well, this is what I have. This is what they say I've got. This is what they say will happen. Well, who's they? Well, the doctor. Okay, are they higher than God? No. Nothing against the doctor. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for what they do do. But I'm just telling you, if you want what God has in store for you, you can't go by the doctor's report. Whose report are you going to believe, the Bible says? And the Bible says, quote, unquote, the psalmist said, I shall believe the report of the Lord. But I do have it. No, your body has it. You're a spirit. And you can deal with anything in the natural in your life as a spirit being if you understand this principle. But if you keep saying... In your heart, believing and saying, I've got this, I've got that. That's why I cringe when I hear Christians say, my diabetes, my heart condition, my cancer. Because what you're doing is you're claiming it by believing it in your heart. You're laying claim to it, saying it's yours. If you believe that in your heart and you speak that with your mouth, you better hope somehow that doctor can help you get rid of it because that's the only hope you got. Because your words are actually allowing that to happen. 
And a lot of people don't know, even if they get a healing from God, guess what? The problem is, is they don't realize how their mouth can begin to open up the door for that to come back. Because Jesus said it. Say, Jesus said it. Say this with me. Jesus said, a little louder, Jesus said, it's this way and no other. Whatever, come on, whatever I say and believe, I will have. It's an absolute. This is a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. I gave you the testimony the other night about the gentleman that uh, Brother Hagin went to pray for in a hospital in Tulsa where he was living. And he went to go pray for him when he walked in the hospital. Holy Spirit spoke to his spirit and said, don't pray for the man. Spiritual laws have been put in motion that cannot be changed. Like, wow, Lord, why would you not want me to pray for him? The guy's just in his, I think, maybe 30. He wasn't very old. 30s, I think, maybe 40. Yeah, 30. He was in his 30s. Yeah, it had to be because of the testimony. He was in his 30s. He thought, man, he's too young to die. Why would you not want me to pray for him? I don't get it. The Lord didn't say anything else. He just said, don't pray for the man because spiritual laws have been set in motion that I cannot change. So after he was there for the family a while, they wanted him to pray. He said, you know, I, I, the Lord told me not to pray for him. And he actually told the pastor, he said, the, the guy's pastor that was there who asked him to come pray for him, he told him exactly what the Lord said. The Lord said spiritual laws have been set in motion and God can't change it. He said, I think you need to talk to his son. Let me call his son over here. So he called his son over and he said, tell him what you just told me. So he told his son the same thing. And his son said, you know what? He said, I have heard my dad all my life say, I will not live beyond my 40th birthday. My dad died when he was, before he was 40 years old. I will not live beyond my 40th birth. He said that ever since I've known him. And instantly, Brother Hagin knew what God was saying. Spiritual laws. This is a law. Don't look at me funny and not look back at verse 23 and forget what he said. You will have whatever you say. You believe it in your heart. See, if, if, you, if you allow this to go to the context of your mind trying to figure this out, You're going to deny what he said and you're not going to deal with your words and therefore you're not going to continue to get the goodness God has for your future. But you can. See, this isn't a blab it and grab it group. This isn't a word of faith thing. By the way, word of faith never passed away. God's a God of faith and he actually speaks the word and his word is in faith. But understand, this is a, a spiritual law. So he then actually, in talking to his son about that, his son said, I need to bring my mom over here. He brings his mom over. Brother Hagin says the same thing. Guess what she said? Oh, yeah. Ever since I've known him, been married, he said, I will not live beyond my 40th birthday. Guess how far he was away from his 40th birthday? About four weeks away. Goodness. Like four weeks before his 40th birthday, all of a sudden he takes ill. Had no problems up until then. He just takes ill. They Actually, I don't even know if they knew what was wrong or I can't remember the whole story. But he's in the hospital. They said, he'll die, man. He'll die within a matter of days. And guess what he did? The reason the Lord would not allow Brother Hagin to actually pray for him is guess what? When you set spiritual law, listen to me carefully, because this has to do with you praying with people and people praying for you. When you set spiritual laws in motion, you can go pray for somebody all day long to be healed. But if their confession is, I want to go to heaven, I'm done, I'm finished, I have this, etc., 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 pray till you're blue in the face. Spiritual laws have been set in motion which God cannot even change. God set it up this way. Seems like a harsh God. No, no, no. He set it up for good. The devil knows about it and he takes advantage of it. He gets you to believe his lies. Are you still here? The good part is you can change any of this if you get a hold of it. And he knew he, he did not have time to get this guy's mind changed 
to obviously get him turned around because the Lord knew that. God knows the hearts of all people, and he passed away just a few days later. So understand, I want you to get this. I want you to get the severity of it. This is a spiritual law. God didn't set up for bad. God couldn't have brought you into existence without it. God couldn't have brought the world into it. It's God. It's how God works. Guess how the world came into existence? He spoke it. Come on. Guess how you came into existence? He spoke you through a breath. He spoke you into existence. Everything you see came into existence by God speaking it. Amen? It's how God works. And it's how this earth works and all of the universe because it's a spiritual law. So how does this tie back to the Holy Spirit? Well, if the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, what are being spoken? Words are. Words are being spoken. Right? Whose words are being spoken? God's words. Do you have to know what they are? All you got to know is it's good. Right? So if the Holy Spirit is speaking through me words, and it's God's words being spoken, where are those words coming from? They're coming from God. But where are they coming from out of you? Coming out of your spirit. What is the part that has to believe? Your spirit. And guess what your spirit is not going to contend with? The words of God. Your spirit has no problem believing what the Holy Spirit's speaking. Are you still here? So I want you to see this again. You're going to have whatever you say. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So there are four primary keys we're going to touch on in this series. Number one, if you are not praying in the Holy Spirit, you are not getting a full advantage of all of that's good that God wants in your life to come to pass because you're limiting God's ability to speak through you. Did you get that? You're limiting God's ability to speak through you. God knows things you don't know. God has stuff he wants you to walk in. God has stuff he wants you to experience. God has good things in store for your future that you don't know about. Tell your neighbor, I don't know about all that stuff. But guess who does? God does. And the less you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you, the less this spiritual law is working for you to see it come to pass. Because nothing's going to come into existence in your life of your future without you talking about it. Believe it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. Jesus said it's this way and no other. You'll have it. I'm going to say it again. Jesus said believe it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. It's this way and no other. Absolute. Absolute. And if all we do is go by what our head knows and what we have of natural understanding, we're missing out on a whole lot of what God has for us because we don't know all the things God wants us to walk in as we ought. We don't know all the divine will and purpose and plans of God for our future, but God does. But when you start walking in things that are obviously very good towards your future and you've been praying in the Holy Spirit all the time before that, you know God set me up. God prepared that for me because it's a spiritual law. This is where people don't understand. God's will doesn't just come to pass in your life because you got born again and received Christ as your Savior. This law didn't go out of effect for you because you got born again. You listening? This law was in effect before you got born again in your life, and it's still in effect after you get born again. Now use it for the purpose of what God intended, to bring about good. Amen? Amen? And you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to get some of that goodness out. 1 Corinthians 14, you there? Verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue, heavenly language, 
heavenly language. He who speaks in this tongue, which is referring to what we were just referring to as the Holy Spirit in Romans 8, 26 through 28, speaking to you, watch this. He does not speak to men. Underline this statement. When you speak in a tongue, you are not talking to men but to God. Underline that. You don't talk to men when you pray in the Holy Spirit. You talk to God. You don't speak to men when you speak in the Holy Spirit. You speak to God. Now, just for the sake of time, let me just real quick review something with you. So, in 1 Corinthians 14, which we're not reading the whole chapter. We're just reading a couple verses out of this to emphasize what we want to talk about today. And we're not taking anything out of context. But understand this. A lot of people bring up this whole deal. Well, he goes on to talk about here, you're not supposed to pray in tongues in church. He didn't say that. He never said not to pray in tongues in church. Matter of fact, a little further down here, you're going to see he said, so what's the conclusion then of all this stuff about tongues and my understanding? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to speak in my heavenly language. I'm going to speak with my natural language. I'm going to pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray with the help of my natural language. I'm not leaving out the Holy Spirit in church to do what God wants to do. But what he goes on to tell you later in the chapter, he says, would they not think you're crazy and out of your mind of somebody who walks in uninformed, doesn't know about this spiritual language, and you're talking to one another? That's what he specifically tells you. That's what he specifically deals with. Why? It was going on in the Corinthian church. If you and I try to have a conversation talking in tongues, I'm doing you no good, you're doing me no good. I don't know what you're saying, you don't know what I'm saying. And people would think you're crazy. If all of a sudden, all of you, if I say, hey, no more speaking in English, all of you talk to one another in tongues, and somebody new comes in, they're going to think you're a bunch of lunatics. Amen. Because in this same chapter, guess what else he says? Tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If an unbeliever comes into church and never hears tongues, how are they going to see that sign? You really think somebody in Walmart's going to be walking down the aisle praying out loud and talking? Somebody might. But seriously, do you really think that's going to happen? Not likely. I said not likely. So where's the unbeliever going to hear tongues as a sign to them? Most likely in church. Amen? So God never said don't speak in tongues in church, don't pray. He said don't talk to one another in tongues. They'll think you're crazy. Why? Because you're really not going to accomplish anything talking to one another in tongues. Because when you speak in tongues, who are you talking to? God. Read it again. Verse 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. Why? They can't understand you. But who are you speaking to? Do you want to know why? He understands. He knows. I said he knows. Watch this. For no one understands him in the natural. However, in the Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, he is speaking what? Mysteries. What's that mean? Hidden truths. Things you, again, don't know that God wants to bring to pass in your life. That, by the way, are all good. Verse 3. He who prophesies. In other words, using this gift to prophesy to others. Where your tongue comes forth and then an interpretation. That's prophecy. Because now it's revealed through a form of interpretation. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Because if it's revealed, it blesses other people to hear what God was saying. So in the church, when it's used for the purpose in context speaking to men, it has to be what? Interpreted. Right? But look at this. Four. But he who speaks in a tongue does what? Edifies himself. 
Why? Because you are setting yourself up. You are building yourself up spiritually. Come on. And setting yourself up for what's good in your future. I want you to drop down to verse 14. I don't have time to go through all this stuff talking about tongues being something not understood like a, you know, again, trying to talk to people in relationship to an instrument that makes no proper sound. Verse 14, notice this. For if I pray in a tongue, underline it, my spirit prays. Underline it. My spirit prays. What did Jesus said was absolute according to this law? If you believe it in your heart, your spirit, man, you speak it with your mouth, you'll have it. Right? If you are praying or speaking in tongues, who are you talking to? God. And if you're talking to God, you're actually talking out of what? Your spirit man. Who's doing the actual talking? Your spirit man. Who's getting the words? Your spirit man is. Where are they coming from? The Holy Spirit. Now you can write this note down. We're not going to take time to go there. Acts 2.4 tells you on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit first came upon the disciples... It said that they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it's simple. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. He's telling your spirit man what to say. Your spirit man doesn't have any problem believing what God says. The problem you have trying to get the natural words of understanding of God in your heart is getting it through your mind. When you are talking in tongues, you don't have to go through your mind. Because you don't even know what you're saying. Your spirit is conveying, excuse me, the Holy Spirit is conveying to your spirit what God says. How many know your spirit believes that? If your spirit believes it and speaks it, guess what's going to happen? Come on. Guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? It'll come to pass. Because whatever you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth, you'll have whatever you say. Better amen than that, please. So again, that's why he says in verse 14, if you're praying in a tongue, it's your spirit that's praying. So there's no problem believing it. You don't have to convince yourself of it. Notice, but my understanding, the natural mind. My understanding is unfruitful. Why? Because it's not coming out of your brain. It's your spirit, man, the real you praying. It's not coming out of your soul, mind, will, and emotions. Coming out of your spirit, man. Now listen. You got to understand for this to work, you got to truly be praying in the spirit. It's got to be coming out of your spirit. You, like anything in life, you can adapt to it. Doesn't matter what it is. As a human, you can adapt to it. You know, you, I, I've known people that, you know, like example, I tell people I'm caffeine immune. Kathy can tell you. I can drink full caffeinated coffee right before I go to bed, go right to sleep. Doesn't bother me a bit. Because for years and years and years and years, driving a rock truck and then driving a cement mixer, actually the way of the way around, and rodeoing, all those years, man, I drink coffee all the time, try to stay awake with all the hours and stuff I travel and work. And guess what? After a while, my body adapted to it, and it don't work no more. <laughs> Caffeine has no effect on my life. Right. You know, give me the coffee beans. I'll eat them straight, right? It don't matter. <laughs> I don't get no jitters. They don't affect me. I'm caffeine immune. Your body adapts. Right. Are you listening? So understand, even praying in tongues is something you got to watch. Because you mentally can adapt to it in the natural and just be speaking out of your head and not even realize you're not speaking out of your spirit. And most of the time it's because you kind of get in a little phrase of language of which you just say something over and over and over again. Now realize it doesn't mean God may not emphasize something through you more than once. But I'm just telling you, people, I've known people who had, like they say they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, have a prayer language, and they never speak anything more than these same five words over and over and that ain't the Holy Spirit. You, you, any idea how, how vast God's language is? 
Beyond, it's got to be infinite, beyond what we could understand. So you got to make sure I'm praying out of my spirit, man, and not just praying out of my head. Or it's not coming out of your spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Amen? It can't be just like a little boat, you know, putt, 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 putt. That ain't going to work. Thanks for laughing, Matt. At least somebody got a joke out of that. That ain't going to work. It's got to come out of your spirit. You think God's going to sit there by his spirit to your spirit just say for an hour, putt, 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 No. But I know people have had like little friends, and that's all they do. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the spirit because guess what? He wants a whole lot more than just putt, 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 putt to come to pass. Can I get an amen? Make sure you're praying out of your spirit, man. Make sure you're yielding to your spirit, man. And the Holy Spirit, because if you are, now guess what? God's speaking through you. Think about that. God is speaking through you. God is going to have his way because he's speaking to you. Now watch this. Again, verse 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Let me show you something. How many of you know Paul saw, how many of you know Paul faced a lot of challenges in his life? Uh, come on, help me out. How many of you know Paul faced a lot of challenges in his life? Anybody ever been beaten with rods? No, nope. beaten with whips. He was stoned to death. He was shipwrecked. He was, and more, more than that, right? But you know what happened? God delivered me out of them all. You want to know why? You know why God delivered them out of them all? I'm going to show you why. Drop down to verse, watch this, verse 18. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Why? He understood this law. He understood it. Now listen, you might think, well, it, so it was God's will for him to be beaten? No, it was God's will to deliver him from it. It was God's will for him to be bitten by a snake? No, it was God's will for him to shake it off and not have it affect him. But I'll tell you what set him up for that. I pray in tongues more than you all. When you're praying in tongues, it's not just about bringing good stuff to pass. It's about even God knowing the things that you're going to face from the enemy. And God's already defeating the plan. Come on. He's already defeating the plan of, of the enemy to take you out by praying through you. Hallelujah. You listening? And out of all of these afflictions, the Lord delivered me. Who delivered him? The Lord. Just automatic? Because all good, all, all things bad work together for good? No, because he was praying by the Holy Spirit all the time. Let me tell you why Paul prayed by the Holy Spirit all the time. We emphasize a lot about spiritual edification. Okay, so your spirit man is being edified because it's your spirit praying. But more importantly, here's what's happening. You are speaking things that you don't know, that God knows he wants to see happen in your future, even to deal with challenges that will come. So that you won't fall prey. You know why a lot of people fall prey and get in a position where things affect them a lot in the context of the negative and they allow that to affect what they say and they do? Because they're not praying in the spirit enough to prepare for those things before they get there. Are you still with me today? How, how critical is it? It's absolutely critical. That's why you have a better covenant. Come on. You have a better covenant. Founded on better promises. The Old Testament people couldn't do this. Only New Testament people once born again. What an advantage you have. Look at what Abraham walked in. Didn't have the Holy Spirit. Look what Noah accomplished. Didn't have the Holy Spirit. And you go look at what you have now and say, I can't do more than they could. 
The problem is you're just not letting God do it through you. Because it's not you doing it. So this is what Paul's emphasizing to me and you. And again, as your spirit's praying, who's giving your spirit the words? Holy Spirit is. 1 John 5. You're paying attention, aren't you? 1 John 5. Whether you know these things or not, you need to have them emphasized more than ever in your life today to understand the significance of what you believe and what you say. Now, we're going to get into some other stuff about loving God, how that relates to this in words, and also about walking out God's plan and how that relates to words. Because all this is predicated on words. If you want, if you want all things to work together for good, guess what you got to do? You got to start recognizing the power of your words, Amen. what you believe and what you say. Amen. And if you do, you can change your future. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, you can change your future today. Yeah. Let me tell you how you're not changing your future. Talking about the problem. You got to understand this. How many understand that the John 10, 10 is the dividing line of the Bible? Everybody know that? Right? John 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have more abundantly. But before that, he said, what? The thief has come to steal, kill, destroy. Think about anything that comes out of your mouth that has to do with stealing. Come on. Finances, health, relationships. Kill them, destroy them. Anything at all. How does that happen? Words. Not thoughts. Happens through words. Through what you say. And the words that you speak, the Bible says it, book of Proverbs, are death and life. Death or life, I should say. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Right? So realize what you are doing with words today is you are either bringing life, God, Zoe, good things to pass in your future, or you're bringing death to your future. If you don't say what you're stuck, what you're, if you don't change what you're saying today, it will not change your tomorrows. You're going to keep walking the same thing you got. You look at where you're living today and start thinking about the stuff you've been saying in your yesterdays. You're right, you're right here today where you've been saying in your yesterdays. You still here? And this is powerful. You need to understand it. 1 John chapter 5, 14. This is the confidence, say confidence, that we have in Him, God. What's, how can we have confidence in God? If we ask anything, anything, according to what? His will. What does He do? So God doesn't hear us if we're not asking according to His will. Why would He? He can't bring it to pass. Well, I know whatever I pray, God will bring to pass. That ain't what it said. It said He only hears you if you're praying according to His will. Now, if you're praying according to His will, how many know this? You don't have to have a sign from heaven. You don't have to have a little ooey-gooey feeling. All you got to do is know if I prayed in the will of God and I believed it, right? If I prayed in the will of God, guess what? He heard me. Watch this, verse 15. And if I know that he heard me, how do you know he heard you? Because you prayed according to his will. If I know he heard me, guess what? Guess what? Whatever we ask, 15. If I know that he hears me, then whatever I ask, we know this. That what? We have the petitions that we've asked of him. If I ask anything according to his will, what do I know? No, 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 no. Listen carefully. If I ask anything according to his will, what do I know? First and foremost, I know he heard me. Number one. I want to know God hears me when I pray. So if I know he heard me, then I know. You listening? I don't know I have it because he, quote unquote, just because I prayed it. I know what, first and foremost, God heard me because I prayed according to his will. 
If I know I prayed according to his will, what do I know? He heard me. And now if I know that he heard me, what do I now know? I have it. I don't just have it because I know I prayed according to his will. Because I prayed according to his will, what do I know? He heard what I said. And if I know he heard it, guess what I know? I got it. Now, the only thing that can affect that is if you start speaking contrary to it and now enact spiritual laws that affect what you prayed about. You can come to church, man. You can get a prayer of agreement. Let's agree together for this. All right, praise the Lord. We come together. We pray in Jesus' name. And within less than five minutes of walking out the door, you can cancel everything that was prayed for. It's a spiritual law. You go out the door, you start speaking out of your heart. Well, I know we prayed. I just don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I just don't know, man. I mean, look at all the stuff we're dealing with. You just canceled everything you just prayed in that prayer. That prayer is now null and void of effect. Because you with your mouth canceled it out. By what? Spiritual law. You can't pray and believe you receive and then speak against it. Let me give you a real quick testimony of a guy that was in our church years ago. They moved off. His name's Charlie. I call him Simple Charlie, Charlie Fox. Little, little ranch, little old rancher, western cowboy, rodeo guy. And he brought a horse to me one time. We were actually 2 a.m. in the morning. Like 2 a.m., we get a knock on our front door. Like, what in the Who is at our door at 2 a.m.? 1.30, 2 a.m., something like that. I go out to the door, man, and half of this is Saturday night, by the way. For church on Sunday. Open the door. There stands Charlie. I'm like, oh my gosh. Must be something bad's happened. What's going on? You know, something happened to his son, his wife, something. I said, Charlie, what's going on? He said, I need you to pray for my horse. I said, what? <laughs> so I need you to pray for my horse. At 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, where's he at? Right here in the horse trader. Brought him with me. I said, okay, what's going on? He said, well, the vets told me he's going to die. He's colicking. He said, I've had horses colic before, but he said, man, this is really bad. Vets have been checking him several days. They said, it's over, man. This, he's not going to make it. And so you need to dig a hole for him, Charlie, and get ready to bury him because he's going to die. And he said, I love this horse dearly. I've had him for years, long, long time. He's been a, a great horse for me, a, a hazing horse. If you know steer wrestling that runs alongside the steer, you know, when the guy jumps off and grabs the steer and wrestles the ground. He said, and I, I just don't want to see him die this way. And I just love him too much. And he said, I just didn't know what to do. And I thought about it all day. Wish he thought about it a little sooner during the day, but thought about it all day. And <laughs> bothered me all night long. And I woke up. And I, was, I was laying awake. And he said, I just thought, I need to take him to pastor. So he gets in his vehicle, loads his horse up, drives him over. there. said, would you pray for him? I said, I'll pray for him on one condition. Okay, what is it? I said, once we pray, Charlie, you have to believe it's done. You cannot speak against it. If you do, you just wasted my time. If I pray for this horse, I know God will heal him. But if you speak against it and you walk away from here and you say my horse still is colicking and he's going to die, you just wasted my time to come over here. So I, I, I beg of you, there's one thing you must not do. Don't speak against it. From this moment forward, as far as you're concerned, that horse is healed. I don't care what you see. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care what anybody says. Can you do that? I can do that. Go get him out of the trailer. I'll go get dressed. 
So I come outside. He's on one side of the horse. I'm on the other. I put my hands on the side of him. He puts his hands on the side of him. I pray. I command this body to be healed. I, I declare in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, thank you. You're in us. You can move into this horse now. Touch this horse. Heal this horse. I call it done. I thank you for it, Lord. You said where two or more shall agree. Charlie and I are in agreement. Wherever we, whatever we ask, it shall be done. We call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Charlie's on one side. I'm on the other. horse pretty tall. But I saw Charlie's little head kind of rise up over the horse. Look at me. He said, do you feel that? Now, I don't always and very rarely do I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit go into somebody when you pray for them. But I did. And I said, well, yeah. Uh, I said, that was the Holy Spirit, Charlie. That horse ain't born again. Never can be. You and I have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was just released through us to go into him to heal his body. That's what you felt. Oh. I said, put him in the trailer. Take him home. Do not speak against it. So he did. Next day, vet comes out. He's done, Charlie. I'm telling you, he's done. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. He's going to live. Why? He's healed. No, he's not healed, Charlie. He's worse. I checked him. I just examined him. He's worse today than he was yesterday. I'm telling you, you better get that back hole. You're to start digging a hole. Long story short, he comes the next day. No better, Charlie. Not going to happen, man. Two days later, not going to happen. And at that point, he says, I can't convince you. I'm going to talk to your wife. At least I'll go talk to somebody who's got some sense. Now, see, people are going to think you're crazy because you're not going by human reasoning. That's right. That's and that to them makes no sense why you would not go by human reasoning. But you know what you're going by? What God said. Yes. Supersedes human reasoning. That's right. So he drives down to the house. He goes to his wife. Sweet gal who goes up there. He said, man, you better convince that Charlie to dig a hole today because I'll tell you, when I come out here tomorrow, that horse is going to be laying on the ground. He's, a, he's gone. He's done. He said, well, you're not going to convince him that. Oh, I know. I've already tried. I'm trying to convince you so you can try to talk some sense in him. I ain't talking to him. You kidding me? I ain't saying a word to him. Smart wife. I ain't going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word. And guess what? That vet comes out the next day. That horse not only wasn't laying on the ground, he was totally healed. And that vet said, no, this can't be possible. Oh, yeah. I told you. I told you two days ago. If you just listened to me, I'd have saved you a trip. What'd you do? I took him to my preacher. You what? Took him to my preacher. Huh? Your preacher? Yeah, my preacher prayed for him. Declared the word of God over him. We agreed. I did what he told me. I agreed. And God healed him. Well, I need to take that preacher of yours on my calls. Well, you wouldn't have a job then. I'd put you out of job. No, you need to learn how to believe that way. Can I get a better amen? Now listen, if Charlie would have spoken one time out of line with that, he'd have nullified what we prayed because he would have no longer been in agreement. It works, folks, for anybody. But it doesn't mean the devil is always good about... Remember when, when, the, when Jesus came off the Mount of Transfiguration, the guy brought his son to Jesus, was demon-possessed? The disciples couldn't cast it out. I'm going to tell you why. why. Why could the disciples not cast it out? When they first spoke to it and commanded it, because they'd already been doing it. When they commanded it to leave, how, how do we know what happened to that boy because of what happened when Jesus spoke to it to leave? What happened when Jesus spoke to it to leave? you remember? The demon threw him on the ground, and he started convulsing, foaming at the mouth. Right? Did Jesus ever speak another word to that demon? No, he spoke one time and knew you got to leave. Well, guess what the devil does? He's like your little kids that don't want to leave. They'll throw a tantrum. You listening? But if you go back and tell the devil, leave a second time, he goes, I got you. You never believed you had authority to cast me out the first time. I get to stay. Ha, 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 ha. 
Well, that's, you know that's what the disciples did because they tried to cast it out. They did the same thing. Well, guess what the disciples did? They tried to cast it out again. Demons said, ah, we got them. They don't believe they have this authority. But Jesus knew he did. I said, Jesus knew he did. And after that, the demon left him. He acted like he was dead. Then he rose up and he was totally delivered, totally set free. You know why? Because words spoken when believed and never countered come to pass. Words spoken when believed and never countered come to pass. So again, very clearly, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, how do we know we're praying in the will of God about things we don't know about when you're praying in the Holy Spirit? Because Romans 8 said clearly in verse 27, when the Holy Spirit's praying through us, what is he praying according to? The perfect will of God. As I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, what do I know? You are praying in the will of God. But according to the verses of verse, 1 John 5, 14, what do I know? He's hearing me. When we come pray on Monday nights, he hears us. And guess, if, guess what? I know if he hears us, guess what I know? I have what I'm asking. But I don't know what it is. Yeah, you do. It's good. You know it's good. Can I get a better amen? And I'll prove it to you in closing. Go to James. Book of James, chapter 1. Because when the Holy Spirit's praying through you, he's praying in what? The perfect will of God. And as he's praying in the perfect will of God, your spirit man's praying. It's coming out of your heart. God's hearing it. And because God's hearing it, guess what he's going to do? He's going to orchestrate that. Come on, man. Come on. Romans 8, 28. He's going to orchestrate that to come to pass. All things begin to what? Be orchestrated to come to pass for good. For those who pray in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's praying in the perfect will of God. God's hearing him. God can orchestrate it. God can't bring it to... You know, let me back up. God could. I mean, God has the ability to do anything he wants. But God set it up this way. Say, set it up this way. God set it up for me and you to understand this is how you're to live and this is how this spiritual law works. And when you pray according to my will, according to the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm listening to you. And not only am I listening, I'm bringing it to pass. James chapter 1. How do we know it's good? I'm glad you asked. Verse 17. Watch this. Let's throw in verse 16 for good measure. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do not be deceived. Verse 17. Every good gift. And every perfect gift. Say every good. And every perfect gift. Watch this. It's from above. How many want perfect gifts? How many want good gifts? Where they come from? They're not from down here. They're from God. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Watch, it comes down from the, comes down from the Father of lights. That's our God. That word lights is spirits. He's the Father of spirits. Where'd your spirit come from? God. All good gifts come from the Father of spirits. Watch this. With whom there is no what? No variation or what? No shadow turning. You walk out this morning, stand there for five minutes with the sun out, and in five minutes that shadow will change. It'll move. But guess what? That, that word telling you God who is so good and only gives good and perfect gifts never varies, not even a shadow of changing. In other words, it ain't like looking at a shadow one minute and now it's moved somewhere else another. No way. God does only one thing, good gifts. God does only one thing, perfect gifts. All good and perfect gifts come from who? From God. How many want to see all good and perfect gifts come to pass in your life in the future? How are you going to see all good and perfect gifts come to, life, come to pass in your life in the future? You better start praying in tongues every day. Because when I pray in tongues, who's praying? 
My spirit's praying. Who's giving the words? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8, 27, is praying according to the will of God. 1 John 5, 14 tells me if I pray according to the will of God, I know something. What do I know? He's listening. And if I know that, I, that he's heard me, what do I know in verse 25? I have it. What do I have? Every good and perfect gift. It will come to pass. So all that comes to pass in the future that's good and perfect, guess what? You allowed the Holy Spirit to set you up for that. You allowed the Holy Spirit to... God set you up for that. God wants to set up your future for good and perfect. Are you still here? Now, we'll get more into this on Sunday, next Sunday, but you've got to understand, too, the other two things he talked about in Romans 8, 28. It is also according to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose or, in essence, are lining their lives up with the purpose and plan of God. We're going to talk about that. And if you do these things, guess what happens? All things, not some. Imagine all things. Come on, man. Imagine all things of your future set up by God and they're good. They're good. And they're perfect. Why do we not have them? We're not praying in the Holy Spirit. And or we're not loving God like the Bible says. And or we're not living according to God's plan. All in line with words. Spiritual law. So thank you, Jesus, that by him being born again, raised from the dead, he didn't just want us born again. In the book of Acts, in chapter 1, when God, or excuse me, when the Lord is talking to his disciples, he tells them to go to Jerusalem, wait to receive the promise of the Father. Listen to this. Wait to receive the promise of the Father from on high, of which I told you about beforehand. What is that promise? Everybody thinks it's salvation. No. He said, that promise is, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come up on you. Did they get born again on the day of uh, Pentecost? No, they did not. If you go back to the end of John's gospel before Jesus ever went to heaven, those same disciples that he said, you need to wait for the promise of the Father, those same disciples in the end of John's gospel, he breathed on and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Guess what happened? They got born again. Now, if you want to see the perfect will of God come to pass of things you don't know about, this is why you want to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is not to just have him in you. Right. Right. What's the promise of the Father? Have him on me. Amen. Know how to yield to him. Because if I don't know how to yield to him, guess what I'm missing out on? A lot of what God has for my life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Think of all the Christians that walk through life that are just born again. They're missing out on a lot of what God has for their life because they haven't learned how to yield to the Holy Spirit that's there to help them do that. Now, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, never uh, had a lot of understanding about this, our greeters will have this little book for you at the back of the door leaving today. It's a little book written by Kenneth Hagin. Powerful. The Bible way to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's talking about baptism. Not talking about being born again. And we're not talking about water baptism. Amen. The word baptized means to be immersed in. Yes. You are to be water baptized. Yes. Whole different experience. Right. Immersed in water for the remission of sin. Not to be empowered, but for the remission of sin. But you're also supposed to be what? Immersed in the Holy Spirit. Because once you are, guess what you now know how to do? This is simple. Guess what you know how to do? Yield to Him. Once I've learned to get my mind set aside and yield to the Holy Spirit and let His presence come upon me, what's the evidence that I've been able to do that? I now speak in tongues. This heavenly language. Why? It's got to come through your physical mouth. And you've got to let your brain allow your spirit to speak through you. You've got to cooperate with Him. 
He won't force himself to speak out your mouth. Holy Spirit doesn't force himself to speak out of anybody's mouth. you got to cooperate with him. you got to get your soul, mind, will, and emotions to yield to your spirit to cooperate and to exercise faith and allow him to speak through you. And when you do, now you have the ability to do what? Set your future up for all that's good. Because every time you're praying in the Holy Spirit, what are you praying in? Perfect will of God. If you're praying the perfect will of God, what do you know? He hears me. If I know he hears me, guess what I know? I have what he asked. I have what I asked. And what, what is it that I have? Every good and every perfect gift. We're missing out on a lot of good and perfect gifts if we're not daily praying in the Holy Spirit. If all we're doing is a little shundai, a little ikamo here and there in church, and we're not praying consistently in the Holy Spirit, think about how much more God is trying to help you to bring to pass in your life that you're yielding him from allowing that to happen. And this is why the devil pushes against so hard against churches like ours that believe in the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is why I tell people that I know are in churches that where they don't teach this. I said, I'm not speaking against your pastor. I'm not speaking against your church. But you're missing out on a whole other part of your walk with God that you're never going to get to experience a whole lot more what God has for your life. Because they're not going to teach you this. Amen. They don't believe in it and teaching it. And how many know the devil does not want you knowing this? Guess what the devil don't want? The will of God. He don't want every good and perfect will coming to pass in your life. So let's make this Holy Spirit stuff scary to you. Let's make you think it's crazy and ridiculous and way out there when the Bible's black and white about it. Because if I do, I've hindered you. I've limited you to your ability alone. You can't tap into that Holy Spirit's help because you don't believe in that ability. So you and I need to start praying the Spirit more. We can see all things work together for good. We can see all things work together for good. I said, we can see all things work together for good. And one of the first keys is, number one, start praying in the Spirit more. Now, make sure you're praying in the Spirit. Make sure you're yielding to the Holy Spirit, not just repeating something out of your head. Amen? Stand your feet today. Praise God. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.